Welcome to the Sons of Mjolnir podcast. The Sons of... What? This isn't your Sons of Macaroni, yeah! The Sons of Mjol... Mjolnir? This is Sons of Mjolnir, yeah, yeah, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Sons of Mjolnir. As always, I am one of your hosts, Fat Thor. Unfortunately, Gorgon and Cap are off saving the world today, but I am joined by two very special guests that I am so excited to talk to today. You may know them from such works as The Worst Dudes, Commuters, Maledictions of Maxwell uh, Fists, Fitzsimmons. I hope I'm saying that right. Also, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Rick and Morty. And together, they have both done a book called Ancient Noise, and then also Taft Sturgeon, which is now coming out with a new graphic novel, 140 pages, it's a fat boy, of Taft Sturgeon Holiday in the Stars. And that's what we're here to talk about today. I am joined by the wonderful Dave Crispino and Tony Gregori. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, TJ. Of course, of course. Like I said, I'm super excited to get into these books with you. Super excited to talk to you. I've been doing my research on you, and you guys are both super interesting dudes. That's but- maybe two of us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but before we get into the nitty gritties of Taft and Taft Sturgeon, all your guys' work, something we typically do here on the show is your kind of comic origin story, something I'm sure that you guys have both done plenty of times before. So, Dave, I want to start off with you really quickly. So you have said that you were a longtime reader of comics, actually learned to read from uh, comics. You'd go with your dad to Price Club, get a big bag of comics. That was kind of like a bonding experience for you guys. And then you fell out of it, got back in during like Earth X and Kingdom Come, which are both like really big kind of epic storylines. So getting back into comics at that time, I'm sure was like mind blowing. But what I'm very curious about is so after you, you know, have this love of comics, you actually started running your own store and then you are also a manager at the collector's corner out in Baltimore. So I'm very curious. I feel like for a lot of people that start writing and like get into comic writing, you know, obviously it's something that you always had a love for comics and stuff. But I feel like being a retailer, you have a very specific outlook on not only comics, but you also have a kind of outlook of, you know, how the sausage is made kind of the business of comics. So I'm curious, what was that spark to really throw your hat in the ring? Not only understanding comic books, but the business behind comic books. I wanted to know more. That's first and foremost. Like I wanted, I, as you said, like how the sausage is made, like I wanted to know like all the steps and how to how to make a comic book on the creative side. And because dealing with publishers and distributors, like, you know, it's all numbers, it's all sales. It's all, Hey, 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 will you buy this? Will you buy this? Will you buy this? Hey, 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 this, this variant's coming out. Um, It's, it's very like how to get the retailer to purchase the most comics, because first and foremost, like as a retailer, like uh, I think most customers and maybe creatives don't understand that, like, we foot the bill like already like there's no return policies i mean since i've been out of the game there may have been there there's probably like a couple return policies but mostly if it's like if the books are damaged or lost or whatever that's the only time that we could probably get our money back from the publishers or the distributors Mm -hmm. but most of the time yes like 
those hundreds and hundreds of books and titles that you see, like retailers foot that, that bill. Like we, we take a chance. So basically like I've learned to take a chance, not only with others, but myself. Mm-hmm. And so getting into comics and wanting, or getting into the creative side of comics and wanting to do that, I've always had like, I've always wanted to express my feelings about art. Like I always wanted to have, like, just make art. I wanted to make art. Mm-hmm. I used to draw, I wrote poetry, like all these types of things. I love stories. I love storytelling. Um, I like it from a, you know, a shamanistic point of view. I like it from a point of aspiration. Like I like that you can inspire people. I like that you can move people emotionally and like, I, I just, and share your points of view, whatever they may be. Um, and comics as a medium, I think is one of the best ways of storytelling to show people a, either a good time, a bad time or everything in between. Does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. Answers it beautifully. And I love that answer, too, because I think you can really see that in your work, especially in Taft. Like, we'll get into that. I have some questions about the whole world building process of Taft. But you definitely get that, like you said, sense of there's personal story in there and there's, you know, real experience coming through in the book. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that Taft works so well. And a lot of that comes from this guy right here, Tony's incredible art to bring it to life. And so, Tony, we'll switch it over to you really quickly. So your kind of comic origin, very similar. You you also talked about how you grew up, you know, reading comics. You actually drew your own dinosaur comic, which I thought was super cool. I would love to see some of those pages. (laughs) Uh, You talked about how your dad taught you to read with early, uh, late 70s, early 80s Batman books. And, you know, it, throughout high school, you, you know, would draw, you always had this love of comics, but then after high school, you kind of find yourself in flux and you're uh, bartending out in Florida and you actually had a partner of yours that kind of got you creatively thinking again, as you put it. Wow. Really and so, <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's, uh, he's done it all. <laughs> hey, well, see, this is the thing though. Again, like I said, you guys have probably told these stories a hundred times, right? So I don't want to make you guys come and recount your, the same thing you've said a million times. Right. So I want to make sure I do my research and, you know, know at least a little bit about you guys, but my question on top of that. So I thought that was very interesting. You guys both kind of got out of the medium and came back into it. And so for Tony, I kind of have a similar question for you. Uh, We've touched on with other creators, like, the idea of, I think a lot of people looking um, from the outside, looking into comics, don't really see what it takes to either break into comics and stay in comics. And, you know, they see like an artist, like, Oh, this guy drew green lantern. Like he's, you know, huge or whatever, but they don't see the steps that it takes to get there. So I'm curious with your kind of, like I said, after high school, you're kind of in flux and you kind of had this resurgence of creativity to kind of bring you back Similar to uh, Dave's question, what was it like? Like, what was that spark to really get you into the game and not only in the game, but to stay in the game? Because like we were talking about a little bit quickly before we started recording, you moved around quite a lot from Florida to Colorado to San Diego. So like I said, what is it like not only getting that spark to get into the game, but staying in the game that long? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, The spark initially, I mean, I've always wanted to, do comics even when I was a kid mm-hmm. but you know growing up you know I'm uh I was born in 76 so 
like there was no internet and I didn't know how you would ever get to become a comic artist. I didn't know if that was possible. Mm-hmm. You just sent like hard copies off to editors and vanilla, envelope, vanilla envelopes and, you know, hopefully you hear back, you know? Yeah. Uh, just, and that oh, just seems, please, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This just seems so like uh, far away from, from possible. So, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, that was the only thing I was ever really good at was, was drawing. It just came to me naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love doing it. Like it's the one thing I can do where I just lose myself for hours and I don't think about, you know, the world or my problems or, you know, I, I can focus on that cause I care about it. I've always had that type of personality. If I'm not really like passionate or invested, mm-hmm. uh, I have a hard time staying focused and like, you know, really seeing things to fruition. <laughs> yeah. So we call that ADHD now. Yeah. I say yeah, getting yeah. to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My dad would just be like, get your shit together. That's what he would say. Yeah. <laughs> get but your yeah, shit so, together uh, disorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so uh, it was just that. It was just that the love of drawing. And, and when I was, like you had said, I was, I was bartending and uh, I wanted to, a future. I wanted some, to do something else in my life. And I want to have some sort of purpose or meaning. And the only thing I really could think about was art The I love to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't initially say I was going to draw comics. When I went to art school, I studied 2D animation for a couple of years. So I was like thinking I was going to be the animator. Mm-hmm. But that was right in like 2005, 2006, where everything really went towards computer animation and 2D animation went out the window. And I'm sitting there thinking like, well, what am I going to do with like these run cycles and these, you know, <laughs> of this anatomy and, you know, dynamic movement I'm trying, I've been learning, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, why don't I try drawing comics just for the hell of it? And I started drawing comics with my friends, uh, with my partner at the time's brother, he was a writer and we made a comic and it, and it got picked up by an independent publisher. And then it kind of started from there. Mm-hmm. And it's just to stay in the game. It was like, kind of like, I didn't really like my, I was already working. Like people said they have a fallback plan or plan B. I was already doing my plan B. So like, that was my life so it wasn't like uh you know uh, well i'm an 8 19 20 year old gonna try this but if it doesn't work out i'll go sell insurance or something mm-hmm. i was already doing the thing and i figured i'm just gonna go invest everything into this comics th- game and uh kind of made it my whole focus and my whole like purpose to wake it up in the morning yeah Even really just kind of lit the fire under you and we're like like yeah. you said i mean i'm already doing the you know, nine yeah. to five stuff. Well, so why the hell well, not? It was like nine to five at night, you know? So it yeah. was like, but it, it was like, yeah, I was, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And then I started drawing again. I got the bug and then I would go into work at my bar shift and I'd just be thinking about drawing the whole time and being miserable. Yeah. At, you know, having to wait on people <laughs> and just think about ideas and things I want to do and be like, God, I don't want to deal with this drunk idiot or this yep. person, or I don't want to do this. I want to go home and draw. And so once that the opportunity came to do it full time, which was like over a decade ago, it's been about, 11 or 12 years I've been doing this full time now. Mm-hmm. I, I just was like, I'm never going to, I'm going to take advantage of this and just go full speed and not like ever, at least if I fail, it's going to be because, you know, it wasn't because I didn't try hard or I didn't yeah. like give it my all, you know? Mm-hmm. And I man, I, I love that so much. And again, I think it's just a very good insight to people from the outside looking in, you know, like what that journey is like. And I love too how for both of you, like I said before, you kind of fell out of comics, but something in the stars, it was in it for you guys. And it kind of, you know, kept circling back around. And I think that also translates to you two as a partnership as well, how you guys have talked about you guys were kind of in each other's orbits for a while until you actually met each other. So you guys met through, uh, I forget, I, excuse me, I'm forgetting your last name, but Layla, the writer for Shudder, uh, artist, 
artists Art. for Shutter. Leila yeah. Del Duca. Yeah. Leila lived here in Missoula uh, at the time, and mm -hmm. we had become friends. And she had met David on uh, in at a convention in uh, Baltimore or Boston. I think I met her in New York City. New York City. Nope. I think she, I met her at New York Comic Con when she was out there with with Joe for signing. Yeah, she and hit they, me up yeah. one day and was like, "Hey, I got a friend. You want? To, I want to introduce you to. He's a writer. He's looking for artists." I'm like, "Oh, what's this guy's deal?" And I look up, I'm like, "Oh, he's he's a nice Italian boy. <laughs> nice handsome Italian boy. I yeah. can work with him. <laughs> That's Beautiful awesome. Head, just like me. Yeah, and like I said, I feel like again with your guys's." you know both love of comics career in comics and your guys partnership together it seems like it was all kind of written in the stars it was kind of meant to happen and i think again that all kind of translates into your guys's work so then you got your first book together was ancient noise correct mm, no long form yes long, yeah, long form, but, but actually, as far as it was adversary right? yeah we did the adversary which was like okay. our sword and sorcery and then mm -hmm. we did malediction of maxwell fitzsimmons Okay. Okay. So those two were first and then that came ancient yeah. noise. Yeah. Yeah. From working on those couple projects together, obviously it seems like Taft was like your guys's real, like hitting your stride, right? Like with the story and like with the idea. And again, I really love the world that you guys created with Taft, uh, Taft Sturgeon, if you would. And you guys have described him as a love letter to John Candy, Buck Rogers and it basically follows a intergalactic space cop or social worker. And he's like uh, uncovering this child uh, uh, trafficking ring. And yeah, and the first one, yeah. Yeah, so this, I'm talking, the first one, before we get to the holiday special. Sure. Sorry, I should have prefaced that. Yeah, no, it's so, not, yeah. so this, it started off as a one shot. And this was all the way back in 2016. So I'm very curious. Again, you guys talked about John Candy. You guys talked about wanting to get back to your roots in comedy, specifically, like, uh, I think, as Tony put it, earnest comedy and something that subverts expectations. So I'm curious. So you have the idea for this character, like how you want him to be, right? What was the process like of, oh, let's put him in space or and then like building that world. And then so obviously for Dave, you know, the writing aspect of it, crafting this, and then Tony, like, how was it, you know, bringing that to life? And again, specifically, like, Taft as a character, like his look, his personality, I think it just very unique, and something that you don't really see very often, especially in like a space adventure book. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, visually, I think, uh, I, at the time, I was, I was telling Dave, I want to do like a 70s style sci fi thing like a Logan's run or, mm -hmm. or sleepers or something. And, uh, and also, uh, like I was also reading Calvin and Hobbes a lot at the time, which, you know, kind of go through cycles of that, you know, mm -hmm. and space man Spiff was right there. If you look at like the first half, his, his ship that he has, it's kind of, uh, I kind of ripped off the Spaceman man Spiff, uh, spaceship that he zooms around in on the comic strips. I kind of ripped that off a little bit mm -hmm. for, his, uh, for his little flying car thingy. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah, so that was kind of the thing, and then you know, the, his visually, I was just trying to do a cartoony uh, version, like a more, a little more athletic version of John Candy. You know, mm -hmm. someone like some a husky boy, but someone that if you saw him like doing some action, it's believable, and it's not like, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. want to make a joke of like having a an obese man running around doing <laughs> stuff because that 
could seem like you're making fun of the guy, you know, and yeah. I do that. So well, that's what I really love about the character of Taft. And I you just said it perfectly. I love, you know, some good husky boy representation, my man. I love that you guys <laughs> went that route with it. But what I really love about it is like we so we're talking about this. The book is kind of comedy driven. I wouldn't say it's necessarily pure comedy, but it definitely has that undertone to it. But what I love is that the comedy doesn't come from Taft like being a bigger guy or you know whatever like he no. is a hundred percent taken seriously by like his co-workers like people look up to him and the comedy comes from situations as opposed to like oh look at you know fat cop guy right and I think that was really both smart it was well done and I think it goes to what you guys are talking about kind of subverting those expectations and that's something that I really appreciate about the book so dave like i was talking about what was it why did you choose to write taft the way that you did because i'm sure i like we were just talking about you know space adventure space cop i'm sure it's very easy to kind of just visualize your typical i don't know john mcclain or you know you kind of you know beefy cop grizzled kind of guy but tav is very he's earnest he's nice he's a good he's got a good heart so what what made you decide to go that route with your protagonist for this, for this book? I think it's my affinity for big men. I just like big men. Um, my Love dad, it, baby. It, I mean, it's probably, <laughs> I, it probably has everything to do with my dad. Um, my dad was, was six, four, 300 plus, um, you know, and when Tony's talking about like 1970s and you start looking at like older pictures of John Candy in that era, older, I look at like older pictures of my dad, like my dad was an athlete, but, but he was a, he was a big man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he would crush a ball in baseball. He would flatten people in football. And then like you watch SCTV skits of like John Candy, like he was the big man who just like, he was, it was situational, but also like anything that was that he would do physical. It wasn't like a gag that he was like, obese or like mm -hmm. clumsy or anything like that it was just like he was strong or he was like just took up space and then one of the things was like things like who is harry crumb is uh is one of the like the the top i guess the top in like uh what is it not inspiration but like what what am i what is my word yeah inspirations one of my like character tapestries like because in that whole movie, he's doing like weird backflips and he's talking about like having a black belt and the keto and the boots to match and like all that kind of crap. And it's like, it's funny and people do take him seriously. But yeah, I think it's just having the affinity for big men and like looking at people like Santa Claus, looking at people like my father, um, looking at people like John Candy and any other like just John Goodman, like mm -hmm. just folks who are capable human beings. But yeah are larger than life and i wanted to like and especially in a in a heroic aspect i wanted i had the intent of like putting you the reader in a position of like of of almost childlike like looking at a larger than life human being who can do the things that you can't whether it's like emotionally physically or whatever but he's there to protect you Mm -hmm. And like, he's there to show you how to be a good person. And I mean, that lends itself to like the whole Santa Claus mythos and like that kind of stuff, which is why I think that it dovetailed so well for us to do Taft Sturgeon holiday, like a Taft Sturgeon holiday special, because 
you know, he's there to tuck you in at night. He's there to help you find, you know, your lost, your lost animal or like help you work out why you were frustrated in school or like as an adult, like help you find out like why you were frustrated at work or like find your lost kid, like who may have been taken by a space pirate. But like, <laughs> as far as, as far as like, you know, extra extraterrestrial and like space adventure, I mean, it, it also lends to that theme of like the unknown is just like, there's a whole wide, you know, series of worlds, not just one world. And there's an individual here who, who has your best interests, much like Superman, who's like, I'm here to help. Like, I'm here to be there for you. And if I can't be there for you, like, he's going to be sad about it, of course, but he's going to do everything in his power. And you're going to know that he's doing everything in his power. And you're going to hope that like, he's inspired enough people to do everything in their power to do what's right and what's good and what's helpful. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love that so much. And again, like going back to the, I feel like, you know, with these kind of stories, very stereotypical, you know, grizzle, oh, I'm too, I'm too old for this shit kind of, you know, cop and stuff like that. I, I find it so refreshing getting a nice wholesome character like you said someone who's just good wants to do good i think on like for whatever reason in the past couple of years especially with you know the kind of drama or crime stories it's very much more serious and like again the main character is very serious stoic so i really love the take that you did with it and i think it makes the story more impactful and again that might just be me because i'm a i'm a, a husky guy myself i'm from uh chicago so john candy is beautiful special near and dear to my heart so as soon as i heard you guys throw out that reference uncle buck uh and buck rogers i was like oh i am sold 100 i love this but going back, you brought this up perfectly in your answer, and this is something that I am just endlessly curious about. This could be a whole other episode of conversation, I think. But the world in which you guys have crafted for Tapped. So like we talked about, the 2016 one-shot, that kind of introduced us to this world, and now we're kind of dig digging a little deeper with this holiday special, and which that's a whole other question, your you know Christmas mythology. But... I'm curious, again, going back to like crafting this world and like this universe and things like incubation cities and like how this whole space universe works for you guys. I'm curious, again, what was the process like of crafting? Like, I'm sure, you know, you have your typical inspirations of Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, stuff like that, but crafting it in a way to make it yours and make it unique. And then, you know, flipping on that same question, Tony, uh, similarly, like, bringing that to life visually aliens mobius <laughs> mobius mobius i think mobius is like one of the is a big influence and jack kirby is a big influence i think mm -hmm. having i think jack kirby is like a huge influence on this world and like um jimmy george the individual who i, I work with closely and who has edited some of our books like uh and just we just talk all the time but it's just like one of those things where it's like follow the fun and it's like mm -hmm in this world, in this tapestry that we've created in this, in this kingdom, when this, whatever, <laughs> um, you know, we just wanted to follow the fun and like, again, follow that large sort of larger than life themes. And I think that's why, you know, in, in the, in the holiday, in the holiday special and in the 2016 one shot, there are these like larger than life constructions and like, like just sheer mass and entities that can like exist that are again larger than life 
mm-hmm. because of like the very little things that we understand as human beings on earth now. So I just, yeah. So when talking with Tony about this kind of stuff, it was just like, let's just like get big and weird, get big and weird. And let's like, get weird, baby. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack Kirby and, and Mobius are like two people who have no problem getting big and weird. Mm. And, and that's, and that's, I think where I was drawing things from Tony may have a different answer. <laughs> yeah. I say Tony, I mean, again, going off the whole world building thing. So what, you get the script, right? And I mean, I'm sure it said something probably a little bit more elegant than how I'll put it, but it says like, you know, planet is a giant baby. So like, well, how do you start? How do you even begin to I like think it was visualize more elegant that? that. <laughs> giant cosmic uh, space baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Space, cosmic space baby. <laughs> yeah. That was like the, the, the structures are built on it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, and I kind of was like, all right, I get the gist of this. Um, I think uh, David mentioned somewhere else. It was like a 2001 Space Odyssey, or yeah, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. And that was definitely the vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, David and I, we at that point we'd done a, a bunch of books together already too. So we had like developed our own like creative love language, language. Mm-hmm. yeah, love language. And uh, so it's you know, we chat on the phone all the time. So if there's any questions, I could just call him up and and. Uh, yeah. Just shoot the shit and be like, hey, what are you thinking here? And then we kind of work things out and I'll give him my ideas and then I'll do some little doodles or whatever and send him his way and and he'll give his input. Like, I like this, maybe change this or add this, da da da. And uh, you know, eventually then you see what's on the page, you know. Say make um, the baby bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean make that... it look like a baby Marlon Brando. That's what I... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the jowls a whole lot. Can you accentuate that, please? <laughs> kind of appropriate too that tapped ends up living on a giant baby because he's you know devoted his life to helping children so it's kind of exactly the symbolism does not stop no it does not yeah i love it 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 up to you yeah and i love your style too of how you you know have brought this world together and you know looking at your other work for you know uh teenage mutant ninja turtles and rick and morty it definitely i wouldn't like you have your own style for sure but mm-hmm. to me, it seems like you you write to fit the book and the style. The and, the I'm sorry. Draw to fit the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, but yeah, draw <laughs> to fit the book. And like with yeah. Taft, I really love the cartoony kind. You kind of mentioned it with the Calvin and Hobbes kind of influence, yeah. and I think it just fits the story so well, and it makes this whole world just so enthralling. Like I said, I was I was obsessed with the character of Taft, but as I was reading the one shot, I found myself just like literally sitting there, just pondering, like what is an incubation city? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like the world you guys have created really pulled me in. And again, that's what really, I think also pulled me in with this holiday special. So you guys have talked about, you know, this kind of came about with your, you guys both love, you know, holiday specials, the holiday uh, time of year. And Dave, you've already kind of uh, touched on this a little bit, but I am curious if we can kind of talk a little bit more about it, but why did you decide for both you guys why taft to do this holiday special i mean i'm sure that there's hundreds of uh holiday kind of ideas that you guys have being you know fans of the holiday special genre what was it about and again uh the first one shot was in 2016 so what was it about this story where you're like you know what let's brush taft off and bring him into this what 
why was you know and as opposed to just a new random character or you know just a single standalone holiday special that has nothing to do with this world we had had conversations before about doing like holiday specials with taft in the past like maybe trying to do something online and this that and the other but i think again like affinity for big men um (laughs) and having having like being able to have mirrors and representation of goodwill and the spirit of kindness and uh graciousness and kindness and all that kind of good stuff was like something that i was really going for and i felt that we already created a character like that and like what better way to explore those themes than with like the thing that we made we made specifically as like our type of superman like our Mm -hmm. every everyday guy was like you know you can go out and you could be a decent person like with in whatever arena that you're in and um just bringing him to this was i felt like yeah we both just agreed that well why don't we have like a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and what can we have fun with well why not this character that we already created and and explore like again like what a christmas mythology would look like in space and i think that was another thing that was like really turning us on was like well why would the holiday why would christmas be celebrated throughout the universe mm-hmm. and it's like not a colonial like idea right there isn't like a malevolent thing behind it where it's just like oh it's because it's earth and earth has taken over everything and like yeah. this that and the other it's like no like what does it mean to have like some sort of like cosmological holiday that, Mm -hmm. you know, exists in some way, shape or form. And Mm -hmm. I think, and again, having Taft who like celebrates those things already year round, like what does it look like to just turn that up a little bit? Yeah. Just fit per the piece just fit perfectly. It just did. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just think it did like, again, it's, I don't know. It's a, it, and it's also a character that like I believe in mm-hmm. and Tony believes in, and I believe in the work that I'm doing with Tony and what Tony is doing with me. And like, I, I, I would much rather explore something that we and I have created, he and I have created together. And like, again, like you said, like dust it off, like, where are we as creators now? Cause I mean, it's, was that six years ago, six, seven years ago, a lot of things have happened to both he and I, and like, you know, this is a perfect way to be like, well, how can we best talk about how we feel as individuals and how we feel as as individuals during this season? Like when we have experienced great loss and, and, and great gain Mm -hmm. at at times too. And uh, yeah. And Taft is a perfect vehicle for that. I think because he represents the best of, I think he represents the best of Tony and I, and um, it allows us also to like explore our own personal weaknesses in a, uh, in a, in a extraterrestrial universal setting. Oof. Ooh, I love that, man. You cooked with that one. I wish, I wish I had Blake set up over here and get you the air horns right now. I love that dude. And I mean, especially, uh, you know, we're just talking about this Taft. The original Taft was in 2016. And I mean, 
everyone has had crazy years since then. Yes. Pandemic and all this other crazy stuff going on. So I think that a character like Taft not only is perfect for this holiday special, but just perfect for where we're at right now. I think kind of going back to what we were talking about with like, you know, the typical grizzled cop character. I think a character like Taft is very needed today. And someone who is just good and has a good heart and represents, like you said, kindness and kind of wholesomeness. Empathy and, like, and compassion might be a, another, yeah, some, yeah. some more buzzwords. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Throw all the buzzword, the keywords yeah. in there for the SEO search. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Tony, well, you know, it, it seems like these days people mistake kindness for weakness more than they ever did. So it's like, right. mm. it's nice to show people that you can be kind and strong at the same time. Yeah, I oh dude, I love that. That was another cooking again, dude. That's a pull quote right there. But Tony, I'm curious for you. We're talking about this Christmas and stuff, and I again the whole mythology and world building. I'm very very interested in. So that's my next question. But before we get to that, I'm curious for you, Tony. For your so you're doing a holiday uh, Christmas story. And mm-hmm. you're dealing with, I mean, you can't have a holiday or Christmas story without Santa Claus and, you know, rain, all the typical Christmas stuff. So I'm yep. very curious as an artist and your drawings, I think it's similar to like superheroes, right? If you were like drawing Superman, right? But Santa Claus is very, like everyone has a picture of Santa Claus in their head. And same with like Mrs. Claus and all these other kind of characters. So what was... I guess research, if you would, but what was the kind of process like of developing designs for these literally iconic characters throughout history and like putting your own stamp on that? I saw on your sketch pages on the Kickstarter, uh, your Mrs. Claus, which I, you know, very unique, very different than, you know, I think what most people would think of Mrs. Claus. Uh, and that kind of goes into the mythology of the Christmas you guys are making. But again, just like from a design standpoint, what was that like designing a new Santa Claus? Like that sounds insane in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know, he looks a little bit like the Coca-Cola Santa Claus that we all know mm-hmm. and love. Um, but, you know, as you find out in the story, he appears to the observer as uh, in, in whatever form that they would feel comfortable with. So um you know to humans he looks like a you know a humanoid Mm -hmm. but then like to say if he appears to a walrus man he might look like a walrus santa and you might see that in the book towards the end walrus santa i'm in you might (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but mrs claus you know i just wanted her to look alien and uh look a little uh i don't know what the word would be Uh, when we were kicking around these ideas david sent me like just like artwork from like like classic santa's all mm-hmm. throughout time like of like back in like uh what was it david's like slavic and, and yeah nordic, and nordic like yeah like we were stuff. just we would just like dig 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 yeah. dig and i and and like i don't know but that's and, what they want to get to like it's something i gotta draw over and over again so right, i don't want to draw something too ornate and too like over the top that's just gonna be a pain in the ass to draw yeah. and also like uh i i don't want it to be so like alien to people that it it's like trying too hard to not yeah. be Santa and yeah. like be embarrassed. Like, I don't want to like just doing a holiday book. Some people will cringe at it because they just feel like it's uh, corny or whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't want to like run away from that. I want to lean into it. It's like, no, yeah. it's, 
if you think that's corny, that's on you. It's not on me or David. Mm. <laughs> they use button find Christmas to be corny. Yeah, that's dude corny. flies around with reindeer delivering presents. Like, that's corny. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, the whole idea <laughs> of Christmas itself and the holidays, you know, some yeah. people just are bah humbug about it. Yeah, that's like, um, I, and, and I love that approach because I feel like so many people, art, are artists, writers, like, take themselves and subjects like so seriously and like at least for me like uh people will you know talk about thor right and like how he needs to be like all serious and all this stuff and i'm always like dudes he rides he flies through space on a rainbow bridge with a hammer like that's goofy you know what i mean like yeah it's cool but it's goofy and i appreciate when writers artists lean into the goofiness but not in a way of like making fun of it or you know i mean like you said you're leaning into the goofy but in a way that accentuates it yeah and i didn't want to make it too alien because i didn't want it to be like oh they're ashamed of Mm -hmm. you know stana or like we're doing a holiday book but it's not a holiday book and you know but it takes place during christmas you know like die Mm -hmm. hard is a christmas movie no it's a christmas special me and dave are gonna have to battle it out on that one because that was that's in my that's in my (laughs) cue questions for sure (laughs) but you're like no this is what it is it's unabashedly a holiday special and it's santa Mm -hmm. and it's a santa that you recognize probably in some on some level even though he looks a little alien he's a little different and Mm -hmm. maybe his outfit doesn't look like something you see in the department store but he's Santa and he's, and, and we're not, you know, and he has elves and there's reindeer and they fly. And it's not like, we're not, you know, we're not doing like a dark Krampusy thing or we're not doing yeah. a, not reinventing the claws here. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also I mean, we are in technology. A way yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah technology. We, we came up with like, yeah. I mean, it's secular. North- the book is secular. The thing is it's it, the holiday spirit itself is, is through the book, you know, and, and we kind of felt like embracing that aspect of it Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i mean i think you guys nailed it and like i said i just like i mean this just shows why you're the artist and i'm just a guy who talks about comics on the internet (laughs) but like you know i just and can only imagine like someone's like hey come up with a new design for Santa Claus. Like you were just saying, you were looking at, you know, uh, Slavic and all these other kinds of iterations of Santa or Santa Claus. And I just, there's so much of it. So many different people interpret it in different ways. I could only, like I said, imagine, I don't even know where I would start with that. So like, that's why I said, I was just very interested, like how you even started to approach that. It's hard because you look at, like you said, there's so much and it's like, well, you want to use all of it. Yeah. But then like you also don't want to use any of it. It's like And that's like exactly just... kind of what you're touching on too. I'm sure that was super hard of like you said, you know, you want it to look like Santa, but you don't want to just recreate like you said the Coca-Cola Santa, right? Like you yeah. want it to be unique but then not too close to this version. I uh dude, again, that's why you're the artist. That's why I just talk <laughs> about this stuff. But yeah, it, we tried was... to we tried to put in like Silver Surfer and Cosmic Entities and like Heralds of yep. like abstracts right the abstracts of the universe and so that's what we were also trying to do was like like you were saying like you see a giant cosmic space baby well what else is in this realm mm-hmm. and uh and santa and the, well the clauses period are you know they're representations of of a universe you know experiencing itself through kindness joy and compassion and empathy and it's mm-hmm. just like well how do i do that well whether i take a mortal and imbue it with the power cosmic or like you know crack off a piece of myself and let it like have its own consciousness and, and experience itself and experience others 
And I think that's what we were also trying to do. We were taking, again, Jack Kirby and like Mm -hmm. the Marvel cosmic abstracts and all that kind of stuff, like in betweener and eternity and all that weird shit. And just like, try to, what does that look like? And I mean, yeah, the, like the clauses are giants in our, in our, you know, not, I mean, kind of a spoiler, but it's just like, it's Mm -hmm. not like, they're like they're big. Yeah. Bigger than life. Bigger than life. (laughs) But yeah. So I'm sorry for cutting you off with that. I wanted to get that in there. Hey, cut me off anytime you want, my man. Like I said, we're here for you guys, (laughs) but you are honestly, I think you're reading my mind a little bit because you just let in perfectly to what I wanted to ask you next. And it's a similar question for Tony of, you know, crafting a new Santa Claus. What was it like? Like I said, you just touched on this perfectly, but getting a little bit more into it what was it like crafting a new mythology for christmas and i want to i want to throw this out because this i just thought was so again fascinating got my wheels turning you said that uh, the christmas star is a cosmic abstract of kindness and goodwill with the clauses being heralds of christmas like you just explained the kind of silver surfer reference and again dude that is just so cool like the way that you describe it the way that you've laid it out i think is so so cool so again kind of similar question what was it like even just approaching the subject matter of christmas with again so many different iterations of like what christmas means the story of christmas especially if you're going to like different cultures and whatnot about how they uh, interpret christmas and stuff so again I don't even know how I would begin to start approaching that. Well, it's like, I mean, if you, if you looked at the real world, we kind of do that anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it's the personal experience, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. And yeah. so when Tony and I are trying to craft this Christmas mythology, it's the personal experience mixed with, you know, the gravitas, like what, what is it? What does this actually mean when you start breaking it down more and more and more distilling like what it what it actually represents Mm -hmm. and i think just from like watching christmas movies reading christmas books listening to you know people talk about christmas and what it means to them and then infusing it with comics like just the comics that we love to read and and that also inspired um the creation of taft sturgeon in in this world it's like all that stuff just comes together and it's just like okay like yeah like in the earlier in the podcast when we were talking is just like you know what does that all look like like what does it all look like how does how does a universe experience christmas and things like that and so and as tony was saying like it being secular to the point of like it's it's a shared experience throughout the universe and it's not like just one idea of yeah. like our you know it's the birth of jesus christ or it's yuletide or it's thor so, you, you know, know winter solstice or it's yeah winter solstice thor riding over the the moon and like demeter like but but it's also is that because it's like if you look at the mythologies of the world they we all have this you know all cultures have this end of the year thing and so it's like mm-hmm. well what do more people do what are people doing what have people done and then it's also like listening to the iliad and the odyssey and like getting into some greek myth and some like getting into the the nordic myth and the norse myth and then like taking all those things and being like well that's cool that's cool that's cool that's cool and then it's just like well if we're going to do a cosmic comic book what kind of great cosmic comic book tropes and themes can we also you know mesh 
and mm-hmm. meld with that. So mm. it's like if you walk around your neighborhood and then like you'll see different decorations, right? And then like yeah. some people have like a like the 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 what's it the nativity scene in their front yard, and some people mm-hmm. have giant snowmen, and some people have Santa's landing in the front yard with elves. Some people <laughs> just have trees lit up, and some people don't have anything. Some yeah. people have a menorah, stuff, like, a menorah. Yeah, like, yeah. But everyone kind of celebrates this thing at this time of the year. And we all agree that this is the time of year that we mm-hmm. do it. Is so the only reason that because we all agree upon it essentially as a as a culture, as a society, as a species, this is when we do this. Mm-hmm. You know? And then if you take that and you just expand it and like, well, what if it was different universes and galaxies and they all <laughs> celebrate this thing? And then it's all a different interpretation through their lens and their perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. but Which it all I... kind of comes from the same spot the same like place of heart and like caring and giving you mm-hmm. know yeah, yeah. and I... that's what it is right yeah, I love that so, so much being someone who, you know, I grew up not, you know, very religious or anything Anything. like that. So, you know, for me, Christmas was always about like kind of what you guys are saying. It's about kindness, about giving, about, you know, all that kind of stuff, like the magic, if you would. Right. But it was Mm -hmm. never a religious thing for me. So that's something that I really, really loved about this story. And again, your guys' approach to it is it's not a contingent on like christianity or what or what have you not saying that that's wrong either you know exactly not saying that's wrong but everyone experiences it differently and i think that's at least for me something that i personally love about christmas and the holiday time is like i was saying everyone experiences it differently they have their own traditions they think about it you know in a certain way and i think you guys hit that concept really well and like i said for someone who I, that's how I've always felt about Christmas. I think, again, you guys really hit that vein well. And that was something that really resonated for me being a fan of, you know, Christmas and the holiday time. And again, you, you know, you add in space and, you know, cosmic entities and shit like mm, I'll eat that shit up all day. Mm. I love it. Wonderful. Uh, I love it so much. And like I said, I just think it's so Again, this is why you're the writer and I'm just the guy idiot talking about comic books, but like the way that you conceptualize this whole idea of Christmas, bringing it to the Christmas star and like Santa, like you guys were saying, he, you know, takes the form that's appealing to whoever it is he's interacting with. It's just like, oh, that's so cool. And I love, I just think that's such a cool concept. And I mean, I know I've only read the first, I think 20, 24 pages, but I cannot wait to get to Taft going through that hole, going to the North Pole, all that stuff. It's so cool, Tony. I've seen your pages, specifically the one with the Christmas. I think it's the uh, Christmas star, like, in the foreground. And Taft and Santa are, like, standing. Oh, dude, beautiful. Like, brought a a single tear, rolled down my eye for Christmas (laughs) time. It was so good. But I'm curious, so... You guys have talked about another aspect of this book, not only being, you know, the Christmas vein and bringing Taft back, but you said that you wanted to do this story in order for the characters to uh, to grow and to change. And so I'm very curious of what what kind of without spoilers, obviously, we don't want to spoil the book for anyone. But when you guys were crafting this story and have this idea of we want Taft to go through some kind of growth and some kind of change. What was that kind of growth and change you guys were trying to portray with this book? And not only just with characters of Taff, but I'm sure that probably relates to, you know, Gino and Shanice. Like, does that translate to those characters as well? 
I think so. Um, a lot of the themes are like personal responsibility and, and knowing that you have enough within you to do what needs to be done. Like, and I think each and each character chose their family and like the, the Shanice Gino and, and Taft, they are a family and they have each other's backs and they try to have each other's best interests and they try to be the voice of reason to each other. And despite all those things, it's like, you still have to, you have to believe that yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what Tony and I were going for was just like, you can, you can, do, you can do it. You can do it and you need your friend's help but you can, you, you, you know, you are also that person as well. Like, don't, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> I feel a little like Taft, nicer to yourself. Yeah. And I feel like Taft is that like, be kind to yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I think Taft, like one of the themes of that, of this book also is that don't forget to be kind to yourself as well as others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The book isn't, it's not like a saving Christmas book where, you know, Taft has to like, make sure that Santa delivers the presents or, you know, Christmas is in jeopardy because uh, like David yeah. t- t- said before, that's not, you know, that's too big of a, a concept that Christmas will always be Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's more about like Taft is going through a thing. He's going through like a period of self-doubt or like fatigue or burnout or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And kind of like, you know, like we all do. And like, how, how is he able to find that spirit inside of him again, which is essentially also like, you know, the, the Christmas spirit. It's mm-hmm. like, and so it just happens to be the time of year when he's having this crisis. He's going through this case, and this is the journey he goes through to help him get through. Not to give anything away, but you know, he goes through the other side of it. But that's mm-hmm. like, you know, the whole point of the story. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler: Everybody dies. <laughs> oh. yeah. I don't think anyone dies in a Taft book. This is like the one of the. In Ancient Noise, there's a whole sequence where a guy uh, clones himself and kills himself uh, like hundreds of times, and then to draw a whole funny. like. Yeah, a whole page of him just in a room with like piles of his own cloned dead bodies, <laughs> uh, naked, you know, in a pile of blood. And then uh, in this book, I'm drawing like uh, elves and reindeer. I was saying that sounds cheerful, right? Nice little change <laughs> of pace. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a nice, well, it's much needed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And like you said, getting the getting a little Christmas uh, uh, detox, if you would, from mm. killing a dude a million times. But yeah. I'm curious where, you know, obviously, you know, Christmas time, we were just talking about, you know, everyone has their own traditions and all that stuff. And so, or I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. What am I doing? Taft, Taft holiday in the stars. It's on Kickstarter right now. And so let's talk a little bit about this Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter is going to end on the 25th. 25th at 12 a.m so that's like mid you know midnight for us so who who say yeah yeah yeah. i would say technically it's christmas yeah say perfect time to get it under your tree just in time for christmas time so one of the tiers i want to talk about while i'm getting this up is tony you're doing some commissions correct for one of the tiers yeah i believe it's uh add on on uh isn't it yeah it's It's an add-on yeah You can purchase pages. You can purchase original pages from Tony. Um, and he has some sketch cards. I think we only have one left. I think we only have Gino left. Oh, really? They yeah. got skipped up. Nice. Um, yeah. Tony's doing pages. He's got sketches, commissions. This And this brought me to my question about your designs for the characters. But this one of Mrs. Claus is just like 
it's nuts dude like what the hell i love this so much and also you got a uh gino cable which Mm -hmm. i know i'm sure that kind of gets into spoilers but dude come on now it's like what else what else do you guys need to pick up this book like seriously (laughs) that's not in the comic yeah that's just something i I've oh, it's not in the comic. No, I just got okay, okay. a kick of like drawing characters and, as Cable. So I drew like a Monty Moose from Ninja Turtles as Cable. I oh. drew this uh, character Diggs from uh, a book Starweed that I do. Mm-hmm. I drew her as Cable. Uh, I drew Porkchop Robot Killer, which is a zoo book that I did that uh, got funded a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I drew him as Cable. So it's kind of like this thing. It's all kind of inspired by the John Romita Jr big chunky cable cover he did all those years ago where it's just mm. sitting there with his guns yeah man. Barely sitting on the galore baby yeah pouches galore, big guns galore. <laughs> well so. shit i know i know what i want my commission to be now for sure but this is so this <laughs> book <laughs> is like i said when we first started this this is a fatty book this is 140 pages so you're getting yep. more than your money's worth with this kickstarter but as far as the rewards and all that stuff goes, I'm curious with your guys' experience on Kickstarter, uh, what's like the biggest, I guess, plus of bringing a book like this to Kickstarter, especially a 140 page book? I feel like you don't see, I mean, there's hundreds of Kickstarters out there, but usually it's issue by issue. So what was the decision to make this just a big fatty graphic novel as opposed to like, you know, four or five issues or, or like a mini series. Well, we had done single issues with ancient noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt, I don't know. It felt like it took, well, it did, I did take a long time. We were, we would do like maybe an issue a year. Cause uh, I mean, that's really all I can, I can honestly afford um, <laughs> uh, trying to, you know, keep everyone paid, keep everyone interested in the project and like, mm-hmm at the same time like still be able to eat so like that happened we were doing single issues found that it was it's just as rewarding Mm -hmm. but um at the end of the day like i think we just decided to do a graphic novel because we thought that it would be more appealing to the mass market Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like instead of uh somebody just like yeah, single oh, issue I, holiday series is like yeah how do you it doesn't even logistically i mean we would start it. next yeah, year true. We, we yeah would have, we would have started in. i mean we would have yeah we would have started in 2024 and whether we would have done like a patreon or like every couple months like here's another one here's another one here's another one mm-hmm. um but i think we just decided like it, it's more appealing to have like a one and done thick thick fatty ready for you um in 2024 when it's printed hmm. But um, yeah, we just thought it was more enticing mm-hmm. as as a as a as a project as an as an artifact, and uh, yeah, that that was that was what the decision was. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. makes sense. I mean, I feel like kind of stupid now, even just thinking about it. Like you said, yeah, a holiday book that comes out, you know, five issues. You'd have to start that like at least mid November for it to you know end on sure. Christmas or you know in that time. So yeah, it makes sense that you would do it and just one big graphic novel you get your nice christmas story and then you know go open up gifts have some eggnog or whatever yeah and but, why it's 140 pages i mean we started 100 and it's kind of like 
just kind of kept growing and growing. Yeah, kind of pulled itself to the point. I think that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, though, Dave. Like you said, you got to follow the fun. And it's like, if the fun fun is taking you in the direction, you got to follow it. You can't cut it off. Mm -hmm. And I think that results in the best stories and, you know, most fun stories. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, what are we doing here if not trying to have fun, right? Right. And so the Kickstarter, like we said, it's got a couple days left. It's going to be ending on Christmas Eve got a week oh, left uh we're about halfway yeah. there to the goal. <laughs> and then so the available rewards that are still on here you get the digital get the print retail tier the sketch card plus the book original art page original cover art i mean guys come on what else do you need i mean we've been talking about how great this book is for the past hour here I have only read the first, like I said, 20 pages, and I am 100% on board. You guys, if if you guys grabbed me, I'm sure it's going to grab all of you guys out there watching and listening to this. So I'm going to back it. Please go out there and go back this book. I, I give you the Fat Thor guarantee that you guys will love it. It is perfect for this holiday season. But before, and, next, and those to come. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It'll be the new staple. 119 pages are drawn, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty much almost finished. And Guillermo Mendez, the super talented colorist, he's chugging along uh, as well. And actually, Taylor, Taylor Esposito, letter, uh, already lettered whatever all the pages that are that are mm-hmm. finished or that yeah. are drawn. <laughs> On all 119 pages have been lettered, right. and we still have, yeah. Uh, yeah, about 20 pages to go. What yeah. is that? Something like that. Yeah. let's go we're in the home stretch baby come we on are. let's get it and we like are. i said i i want to say really quickly though shout out to the colors and the letterer on this book as well the colors pop so much like literally off the page tony your art is amazing the colors just really i think bring it all together and really bring it to yeah. life so shout out to them as well but Speaking of traditions, which I think, at least for me, Taft is definitely going to become one of my new holiday traditions. But I'm curious, before we get out of here, we're talking all this Christmas, talking all this holiday. And something that we usually do on the show is ask, you know, people, what are they reading sort of thing? But hey, it's the holiday season. So let's get a little Christmassy here. And I'm curious. So what are some of your guys's favorite traditions uh, during the holiday season? Like we just talked about, I feel like every person Every family has their, you know, thing that they do every single year. So what are some of those favorites for you? Either one of you guys want to go first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My wife and I are actually, it it started, it started with my, my dad and my sister, but we usually um, Christmas Eve and generally the week and before Christmas, we will drive around and look at Christmas lights, drink hot cocoa, drink coffee, whatever it is, listen to Christmas music and just talk, get together. Mm -hmm. Um, We have like a sort of a feast of seven fishes type deal that we do on Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve. Uh, We definitely decorate. We're big decorators. There's a a place called Longwood Gardens. That is a, a state away in Pennsylvania. It's a huge like arboretum type thing with uh they do a a whole light show and christmas festivity that we like to go to this year we're not going um because of just tafster because of taft sturgeon (laughs) um we normally drive to new york city for a night and go to a place called diker heights out in brooklyn and look at their christmas lights because their christmas lights are ridiculous like Mm. think about a new york like think about your neighborhood but just like 
if millionaires paid people to decorate their homes with like <laughs> 10 foot nutcrackers and 10 foot uh snow snowmen and santa clauses and snowblowers and just it's fucking crazy out there it's like you're in whoville or something yes it is, it is literally that um and uh yeah we just we watch movies we we hunker down and uh but like i said some of some of our traditions are more costly traditions have gone to the wayside this year because of big taft um so we'd appreciate it yeah, say everyone if you made our it, holiday say yeah make <laughs> make our holiday everybody going back taft for sure so that way we can we can go to brooklyn see some sick ass lights <laughs> but what, uh oh go ahead go ahead what does tony do yeah tony what what is your favorite holiday tradition uh usually i go to my friend tim daniel's uh, house here in missoula and i spend the holidays with his family um on Thanksgiving, we'll sit around and watch uh, Home for the Holidays, which is a classic uh, Jodie Foster film from the 90s. And then Christmas, it's usually, uh, I think last year we watched Pinocchio or whatever, whatever it came out just around there. He's got a little one and, uh, and uh, you know, she still believes in Santa. So it's kind of cool to like go over there and see, like go over there yeah. on Christmas Eve and help yeah. them put like help him and his wife put the presents out for her. That's awesome. And, like, eat the cookies and, you know, the... <laughs> take the note and pretend Santa was there and do that whole thing. So I got to enjoy that. I say um, eating cookies, sign me up. I'll be Santa. Yeah, it, it, it's all about the cookies. Yeah. That's what Christmas <laughs> so is really about. about. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. love that. Like I said, I feel like everyone has their own, you know, kind of tradition for me. It's, you know, every Christmas Eve we're watching Christmas vacation mm-hmm. on Christmas day. Yeah. It's a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, I don't know. That's just how we do it. It's on TBS for 24 hours. I say it's on like every <laughs> single channel all day long. So it's like, yeah, throw something on while, you know, you're opening up gifts. But that leads me to my next question. Again, we usually ask, you know, what are people reading? What, you know, that kind of stuff. But we've been talking about you guys love holiday specials, holiday movies and stuff. So I want to know what your guys is. I mean, I guess at least for me, it's hard to pick a favorite because there's so many good ones. But, you know, some of your favorite uh, holiday season watches, uh, series, what, you know, what's on the list of watching this holiday season for you guys? You know, I'm going to start writing this down because I, I, I always, I'm always adding things. So mm-hmm. actually there is a, a Feast of Seven Fishes movie that yes. was, uh, that was, that got on my radar from a, my friend of mine mm-hmm. that he's been throwing it all around to everybody. Feast of Seven Fishes is great. Mm-hmm. takes place in a, in a uh, Pennsylvania town. Um, very working class feeling, but it's like mm-hmm. a lot of heart. Uh, okay. Daddy's Home too. Um, uh, great. I know Mel. I know Mel Gibson is in it and I know he's a problematic individual, mm. but if you like the great outdoors and Christmas vacation, that is literally that movie put together. Mm-hmm. And so daddy's home to too is great. Um, you know, we watch nightmare before Christmas. We watch elf uh, Christmas vacation, of course. Um, we've been, you know, all the, all the like Rankin and bass stuff. Um, and uh then we try to experiment. We just try to like, oh, this is a new Christmas movie. Let's watch it. Oh, this mm-hmm. is new. Like that that Kurt Russell one was fine. Oh, it, I saw that actually on Netflix. Yeah, it missed mm-hmm. something for me. Um, the Santa Claus, the Santa Clauses. Like I like the Santa Claus movies, the Tim Allen mm-hmm. ones, even though like he's also. 
yeah the <laughs> first one for sure he's a problematic individual as well mm-hmm. but which is weird to me because it's like if you're gonna play santa dude you gotta have yeah. something in you something's <laughs> in you that has to that has to mm. but uh the show oh, man i i will say like it's fine. It does exp- it does get into some nooks and crannies that I enjoy as far as like Christmas mythology and like mm-hmm. you know shit like that. But some of the stuff it, it kind of feels like. I mean, I know it has to be formulaic to a point, but I mean formulaic into the craft of like, oh, this feels like somebody read Saves the Cat and like we're just doing this now. Like we're yeah. just doing this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and then you know sometimes like some weird like off the cuff uh societal joke will come in that just <laughs> feels like super like just yeah. record skippy like i know exactly like, what you mean what i haven't caught the the second season yet i watched it last year but though. the first season yeah mm-hmm. that first season i'm like why would santa wouldn't say anything like that yeah. and, and then like you know listen to me santa wouldn't say that <laughs> yeah how dare you i know santa <laughs> he wouldn't say that <laughs> how dare you i know him <laughs> um that was perfect but yeah like that's that's where i that's where we generally go and no. jim carrey grinch is like fucking great mm. polar express makes me cry we just watched that the other day and i haven't so we went on a field trip and like my elementary school to see it was like right when it came out and yeah. we saw it i don't think i've seen it since then and yeah. so we were like just scrolling through i was like let's watch polar express i haven't seen that since i was like you know 10 years old and i was like damn this movie holds up and not only that but i didn't realize tom hanks plays like every single character yeah, in that movie yeah. i was like holy shit that's tom hanks oh that's tom hanks oh santa's tom hanks <laughs> but that animation though that oh. animation does not hold up i'm sorry yeah <laughs> the the meme of the girl the sitting with hunchback gets me every time <laughs> oh god but tony what are some of your favorite holiday uh media to consume whether it be you know movies shows i'm sure that you know we probably all have very similar lists here you can't beat some of the classics yeah i mean you named a bunch of them right now me and my friends and i uh i have a group of like artists uh peers and we hang out and watch movies every night uh like on in a chat like a google chat mm-hmm. and so uh we've been watching these like every every christmas movie that's on tubi like all oh, those okay. shitty, the, the like, real good ones huh yeah the ones, like, it's always like it's always like a girl from a small town goes to the big city to try to make it and then she goes back to her small town and falls back in love with her high school crush who shows mm-hmm. her that it's better off to be you know living in the small <laughs> town or like uh uh i love the we love the lbgtq uh christmas movies as well those are a fun watch because there's always like different dynamics there mm-hmm. and Anything, like lately it's just been like anything that's like like a, a b-level christmas movie like the b movie cheese, <laughs> the b movie, the cheese hey. one, or like the, it's like the cheap hallmark ones it's yep. like yeah hey, we sometimes those day. are the best honestly you know, uh called uh uh christmas in handcuffs with uh, uh mario lopez and uh, <laughs> oh boy <God. laughs> and, uh, melissa joan hart yeah okay that okay. sounds oscar worthy right there dude. it is so bad that it's hilarious <laughs> Uh, and we kind of like loved it, you know. And but, see, uh, I love movies like that. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, a bad movie is a bad movie, but yeah. I love movies that are like so bad it becomes kind of good. Like, I mean, everyone I don't knows, know if like, I would say that they're room. even 
I wouldn't even say that they, they're so bad that they're good. No, but, but I mean like good so in the sense of like you enjoy it. Yeah. Like you're having fun yeah. watching it. That's like my favorite type of movie yeah. that I can just shit. Like not to be like mean or anything, but like I can yeah. just watch and just kind of shit on the whole time. Like, yeah, with I, my friends. It's not, there's are movies I'd never, I'd never watch alone. Yeah. Because uh, mm, I, I, if I'm mm-hmm. alone, I'll, I'm watching a good movie. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to watch or something I find entertaining. But like it's something a party I can movie. make it's a party movie, yeah. It's a hangout yeah. movie. It's a, yeah, yeah, hangout. We're all drawing or coloring comics and watching yeah. it, and making fun of it at the yeah. same time. <laughs> what did that then? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rewind There's that real like, quick. Yeah. There was one called uh uh Pottersville that we watched. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that movie was psychotic. <laughs> With Michael Shannon. Yeah, it's insane. yeah, and the big Michael Shannon's in it. I'm oh, yeah, there already. It yeah, is, no, it's weird and wild, yes. and it's like yes. And you're watching it, you're like, why are all these people in this movie? Like, yes, why are all these people <laughs> in this movie? And what is this movie about? Like, yeah, what's it about? Who's who do they? I gotta write to? this one down now. What is this <laughs> it's one? It's on TV. Pottersville. Pottersville. I think, yeah, I think it might actually be on Netflix too, or it was. I say, why do I feel like I've seen this or I've heard it? Like the name is is unlocking something in here. Yeah. But I'm definitely gonna check that out. But I got yeah. There's like ask, Bigfoot stuff and you know, yeah. Michael Shannon just was, being intense. Michael Shannon, yeah. Bigfoot, done. I'm in. Mm. That's all. You, that's all you got to do to sell me here. But <laughs> I gotta bring this up. I mean, this is, we're closing in on an hour here, so this would be one of the last questions we got for you. But my man Dave, we have some beef. Not beef, but Die Hard. So. I've seen you say that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And in this house, Christmas doesn't start until Hans Gruber hits the pavement. Gruber, excuse me. So I'm curious. I I mean, this is all in just fun. I'm not being serious. But I know. Why? So what is it about Die Hard that is not a Christmas movie? I feel like that's where we should start this conversation. Why is it not a Christmas movie to you? Why it's not a Christmas movie to me? You know, everything can be argued till people are blue in the face. But as far as like Christmas spirit comes, and I know that John McClane is like sacrificing himself to fucking help everybody <laughs> and do this and do that. And what is giving than blood, sweat and tears. And he does that. I didn't but, even think like, about it like that. That's a good point for my argument. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I, you know, I, I don't watch it because it just doesn't feel like I don't get that christmas so feeling i don't get that christmas feeling i don't mm-hmm. get that that sense of joy that sense i mean and i i get like ultra violence don't get me wrong like i love robocop i love like shit from that era and mm-hmm. you talked about it a lot like and about like the you know and, and on uh what is it wine and comics pairings like they talk about the maverick cop right the guy mm-hmm. who's serving justice is hot and like <clears throat> i get it i get like being an anti-terrorist and i get like wrecking shop and i get the setting is a christmas party but i don't get that that joyous feeling that swelling that of and i mean i know part of it is nostalgia and i know part of it is like but part of it a lot of it is joy and love and i know that Mm. a man has to have so much joy and love for his his estranged wife to go and try (laughs) to save her and her co-workers but yeah it just doesn't you know we just we just rattled off like what we watch and like Mm -hmm. if you put die hard in there there's somebody there's an odd man out here like yeah there's something like there's something there that's missing in die hard and i don't know it's just it just never 
never vibed with me. I think that's completely fair. Like I said, I just, I had to poke fun at you for it. And I want to get, you know, your perspective on it. I think that's a hundred percent fair, but it's not a bad movie. And I did. And I'm not saying oh, okay. that it's not. I would say we will fight over that. So <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I will not say that it is a bad movie. I mm. will not, I, you know, I won't say that I'm not, this is in no way, shape or form, like a, a a critique on it on the oh, craft yeah 100%. and on the film itself we're just but, talking how in the scope of holiday regardless yeah. of whether you like the movie or not like yeah said, just a, is it a christmas I mean, movie yes or it no? takes place during christmas but is that like is that pertinent to the story at all like does christmas play any well, part see, this is where i would argue, take so, place at any part like so this is what i would argue Office right party. this is my my side of the conversation is i say it is a christmas movie because not for the uh you know the setting the thrills of you know christmas the christmas tree or ho 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 i got a machine gun all that good stuff but to me what makes it a christmas movie is at the end of the day it's a story about a guy trying to get home for christmas at least that's how i look at it so that's why at least for me that's the argument that i make of why it is a christmas movie but I mean, I agree. Like again, there's no right or wrong answer to this question. But like I said, I wanted to get your guys' perspective on this. Tony being kind of the uh, referee here in the conversation. But Dutch, yeah, Dutch is that too, or, or it's a guy getting his son or his stepson home for the holidays. Is True. that a Thanksgiving movie or is that a Christmas movie? Well, I'm not sure, but that was, uh, I was going to bring that up. You know, we've been talking about John Candy for the past half hour. I can't believe not one, not one of us, uh, shout out planes, trains, automobiles, or. Well, that's because it's a Thanksgiving film. I was but saying, yes. Are we it, counting that as Thanksgiving then? Is that why yeah. it's not being counted in the ho- in the yeah. Christmas? I mean, Del- yeah, I mean, Home John- for the Holidays yeah. then would be my favorite, but like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a Thanksgiving movie. It's right. Explicitly okay. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Dutch trains planes and and home for the holidays are all thanksgiving okay films. so that we that's for that's for the tap thanksgiving uh special not the right. christmas one <laughs> and I, think, I think tony will have to head that one up because he loves he loves the, the thanksgiving i would love you guys do like a play on planes trains automobiles but with Taft, <laughs> that would be awesome i think that i think you guys got a story sitting right there i've thought about yeah. it i mean that'd be a nice 30 sure you page that that could be a, yeah a nice thirty pager that could be something. Ooh, yeah. okay, okay. Well, so that leads us. We gotta perfectly. get through this one first. Yeah, I yeah. say get through the get through <laughs> Christmas first, and then we'll talk yeah. about the other holidays. But yeah. that leads in perfectly. I mean, we're coming close to the end of the interview, and I gotta ask. Like I said, I can't sing the praise of this book enough. I really loved it, even though I've only read the first twenty pages of this holiday special. I you guys have just enthralled me with the world of Taff. Taff is a character, the supporting cast. I'm all in on this. And so I have to ask, like you said, we're focused on Holiday in the Stars right now, getting that getting that going, getting it finished. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you guys have thought about this. And you were just saying, you know, you thought about the plane, trains, automobiles thing. What's the future looking like uh, for Taft? Is there a future for Taft? I'm, I know there's more stories to be told, but will those are is there plans for those stories to start being crafted or again you just purely focused on holiday and the stars man i haven't slept in a month <laughs> he's like dude i'm just trying to get through yeah, this man <laughs> i haven't slept at all i've been working all night this is you yeah. got me up 24 hours a day right now i'm, yeah. I'm not we a morning are. person so 
<laughs> yeah. So you got Tony at a good time. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, like, uh, you know, this has been this this has been a year of the making. Like mm-hmm. uh, Tony and I going back and forth trying to craft this this uh, this holiday story that isn't diehard. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was the thing that I was worried about as well as making this a diehard story and being like, it just takes place during Christmas. <laughs> this is a, but it is, but I, you know, that trying to make this book the best that it can be is what has been on my mind a hundred percent. And I do not have the luxury to work on multiple things at the same time, whether that's emotionally or mentally or physically. And I've been, you know, this is, this is what I've been doing and trying to manage this. And so I would love to tell more Taft stories and, yeah, you know, we have, we, you know, I have notebooks filled with all sorts of fun ideas that we can definitely like, we will definitely explore in the near future. Mm. But for now, like getting this 140 pages out, um, getting this to be one of like the best looking books that we produced and uh and hopefully getting this funded is 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 really my goal and like and it does it's taxing you know uh we have we have great people on our side you know i've got tony by my side but we have you know taylor esposito we've got simon golf we've got guillermo mendez we've got jimmy george we've got rafer roberts and we got blake um from blake's blood blake's buzz blake shout Morgan, out blake right? we love blake over shout here buzz blake. buzz baby shout out to blake and like these people are are carrying me throughout this this whole season because i am i am tired mm-hmm. and uh they are good good folks and they are doing good good work and i i couldn't be more proud and uh i can't wait to make more books with these people but as of now i i have to finish this first and then and blinders then I, on. Start, I i do mm-hmm. i've got my reindeer blinders on man yeah, i'm hey. fucking rudolph <laughs> cut, cutting through this this porridge this porridge <laughs> fog my friend oh i love it i love it and like i said i i i know there's more stories to be told and i'm excited to see those stories but Yes. I'm ready for this story to get out to the fans. I want to read, like I said, I've only read the first 20 pages. I want to read the other 120 of them. So <clears throat> I'm super excited for this. Again, everyone watching, listening to this, go back Taft Sturgeon Holiday in the Stars on Kickstarter right now. I'm going to have the link in the description on this video. So you don't even got to leave here. Go right under there. Go right to the Kickstarter page. And I mean, I... I could talk to you guys about this stuff all day. It's been just an absolute pleasure having you guys here and nerding out with you guys all about this stuff. But at this point, I want to push it off to you guys real quick. I know we just said, you know, you got the blinders on for tap. <laughs> Do that. So that's what we're working on. But as far as, you know, socials, where can the people find you? What you guys got going on? Let them know, Tony. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Tony Gregori, uh, G-R-E-G-O-R-I. It's T-O-N-Y, not, not T-O-N-I. Um, and uh, on <laughs> Blue Sky, it's the same, Tony Gregori. Uh, same with Tumblr. I have a Tumblr. You can find it through my Twitter or my Instagram. My bio has my Tumblr. And also, my Instagram is Tony Gregori, but it's spelled T-O-E-K-N-E-E. So, like, your toe and your knee. So, Tony oh, Gregori. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm working on uh, – I just finished uh, a comic uh, – 
short story uh, for co-written by Powerhouse Hobbs of AEW, a wrestler, the pro wrestler. Yes, and, I saw um, your, some of your pencils for that, by the way, which looks thanks. absolutely yeah. awesome. And I'm drawing, uh, right now, I, I was up all night, I'm drawing uh, a comic for a licensed property. Uh, <laughs> so it uh, rhymes with no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I won't say it. But yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a license. <laughs> I won't say it. I'm doing a cover for uh, uh, Moist Critical's comic Godslap. I'm doing a uh, oh a cover for that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah, Tony. Let's go, yeah. baby. The yeah. the Taft train is full steam ahead, my dudes. And these guys are killing it. And I am so excited to see mm-hmm. everything else you guys got in the store. And like I said, I'm super excited to get Holiday and the Stars in my hands when it comes out finally. And again, I just I've had so much fun talking to you guys. I wish we could stay here all day, talk about Christmas, mythology, comics, all that stuff. But I know you guys are busy and you guys got to get out of here. So unfortunately, that's going to be all that we have for you guys today. Again, I want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come nerd out with me. If you guys enjoyed this episode, leave us a like, uh, consider subscribing. We got a lot of other cool stuff for you. Also, before we get out of here, I do have to remind you all, we are uh, currently doing a Christmas fundraiser called uh, Comics for a Clause. Uh, We partnered up with the Children's Hospital Los Angeles here in order to get comics into the hands of patients at the hospital. So I will also have the links to that, the donation page, as well as our Amazon wish list in the description. If you guys are able, we would love it if you guys would be able to support this cause. And also, if you guys head over to BCW and use code Sons of Milnir, you guys can get 10% off of all your comic needs, boxes, bags, boards, oh, anything snap. you need to collect. We got I you need, covered. I need T-mailers. Hey, mm-hmm. I got you, brother. 10% <laughs> off. You got it. Hell <laughs> yeah. And again, thank you guys so much. Everyone watching and listening, thank you for nerding out with us this week. I hope all your stacks are fat. I hope you stay hydrated. And we will see you all next time. Fat stacks, fat Wednesday stacks, baby. Come on. Hang on to this all day.